Greetings in Jesus' precious name. Greetings to our entire Revive Nations family. Wherever you are tuned in from, whatever time zone you are in, if you are in a physical church or if you are in on the digital platform like YouTube or our website, we want to take this time to welcome you and uh, be part of what the Lord is about to do for us this morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time you are at. Uh, may the Lord cause this time to be a time where your heart is going to be refreshed and his heart for us is going to be revealed and we are going to grow together as a family. And I'm sure that many of you that are watching me uh, and are tuned in with me are those that have been sowing in the last entire season, in the whole month of October. This was an amazing season of encounters. This was a season where our destinies got realigned. Uh, whenever we take intentional efforts at sowing, the outcome of our lives will not remain the same anymore. And I'm so blessed, I'm so, so blessed and privileged uh, to be part of this amazing family that did this together under the leadership of our spiritual parents. And uh, that reminds me, we need to take this time to honor the investment that they have made into our lives. They have been investing in every little dimension of our life. We may think that they are only our spiritual parents, so they are only blessing us spiritually. That's not true. See, you should understand that as our spiritual parents, they have a say over every other aspect of our lives. The spiritual aspects of our life is at the highest dimension. So whatever one speaks from the spiritual dimension, it can be about our finances, it can be about our marriage, our relationships, our health, whatever dimension, whatever aspect of our life needs a healing, needs a restoration, it can be released from the spirit dimension. And that is why we have to honor our spiritual parents uh, at the highest level because they are being such a great blessing for us in this last season. And we have to take some time to celebrate that. We have to take some time to make sure that uh, we do not take the voice that the Lord has blessed us with for granted, that we do not take the revelations, the blessings, the prophecies, everything that the Lord has been releasing into our lives, our homes for granted. You know, in this last season, one night, I still remember this was a Sunday night in Montreal and a Monday morning for us here in India. And we were tuned in and dad was praying and he was releasing healing. And immediately my wife and I and our children, we gathered together and we prayed and we believed and we declared that we have received that word uh, and we believe that we have received that healing in that particular area that we were contending for. And honestly speaking, we did not see it manifest immediately. We could hear so many testimonies during the week uh, that the Lord healed so many people. But we said, we're going to continue. We're not going to give up on the word because our father has released this word. We believe that we are healed and we will see the manifestation of that healing. And we continue to believe that. And just yesterday, we got testimony. We got proof of that healing in our life. And we are so, so blessed in this entire month, in this entire season. And I'm sure that many of you have your testimonies of how the Lord used our parents to bless you. Make sure to share it in the comments. Make sure to reach out to one of the leaders and testify about it. 
make sure to share it on your social media so that your friends and families, they can know about it and they can glorify God along with you. And the more that we celebrate what God is doing, the less we will take that voice, that blessing for granted. The less we will celebrate it, the less we will uh, honor it, the less we will respect it, the less we will sow into it, the more we will end up taking that voice for granted. And my prayer is that none of us will be deceived. None of us will be left out. None of us will take this next season of life for granted. All right, I understand that 31 days of sowing is done, but uh, I hope that in this next season, uh, without uh, that daily services, without a daily uh, push, you will continue to uh, push yourself and motivate yourself to go into the presence of God and to stay right there at the feet of Jesus, to stay right there uh, beholding the face of Jesus, to stay right there having the hand of Jesus rest upon your head. And if we can remain there, and if we can just continue to be submitted under the hands of the Lord, like Dad says, to be under the mighty hand of God all the days of our life, even if we don't have anything else, just to be there, that is success for us. That is the greatest blessing that we can have. And I pray that with everything, we will pursue that. And the more that we remain in the presence of God, the more our lives will continue to be transformed. It will be transfigured. It will be changed from glory to glory. You know, in this season of uh, chaos and catastrophe and, and challenges where we are in the midnight hour. This calls for the light inside of us to shine ever more bright. It is necessary, especially in this season, for the world to know where they can find true food, where they can find true riches, where they can find true blessings, where they can find sustainable, eternal, uh, something that will stand the test of time, that kind of blessings. And my prayer and my hope is that your church, your house, your family will be among those, that your city and your nation will be blessed to have. And uh, wherever you are, take some time to always uh, share whatever the Lord is speaking. Uh, on social media, make sure to tag Revive Nations and the church that you're part of. Make sure to tag them so that the word will spread that the Lord is doing an amazing work and He is releasing a revival to the nations of the earth. And I'm so excited. I can't really uh, teach you something that is beyond what our Father has been serving us in the last season. But I'd like to just uh, stand on the grace of our Father and, uh, and explore a few scriptures that He has been teaching us and to see how we can uh, learn some principles and receive some blessings from the same. The scripture I'd like to highlight is uh, from Sam chapter 8 and verse 4 and verse 5. This is a messianic psalm, and here you would see uh, the psalmist writing, What is man that you are so mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? This is the psalmist who is writing about himself, and he says, 
I feel so special, so uh, blessed and so loved that God is mindful about me. I feel so happy that God would visit me, you know, in this last entire 31 days and continuing. I believe and I hope that the Lord has been visiting your home and the Lord has been visiting your heart and your life on a constant basis. And in this season, we need to look back at it and be thankful, be grateful. And, he's, and he says, what is man that you're so mindful of him? What is the son of man that you would want to visit him? You know, we don't really deserve the mercy of God. That is why it is called the mercy of God. If we would deserve it, then it will be a reward. Uh, it is not a reward. It is a mercy of God. It is the grace of God that allows for his encounters to reach our homes, to reach our lives, to reach our families. And my prayer is that we will continue to enjoy those visitations until those visitations becomes his habitation among us. Verse 5, the Bible says, For you have made him, this man, you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Now it's talking about the process of creation, and he says, this man that you constantly are mindful of, this man that you visit, you know, from the Garden of Eden, God has been visiting this man. And he says, this man, you have crowned him with glory and with honor. And he says, this man that you have made, that you have crowned, you have made him a little lower than the angels. Now, different Bible translations, they translate it differently. But if you read the root word of the word angels in this place, you will see the word Elohim. Now, the word Elohim is the first word in the Bible to be attributed to God. That's the first name of God that we will read about and study all the way from the book of Genesis. And the Bible is usually very picky to make sure that the names of God, the specific titles that, the, that we attribute to God is not given to anybody else. And here, if I have to put the root word in this place, it would uh, read it like this. You have made man a little lower than Elohim himself, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Which means, when we were created, we were created slightly little lower than Elohim. Now, you can translate that Elohim to mean God or angels or different things, but I want you to remember the word Elohim, where the Bible says, you are created, when you were made, you were made a little lower than Elohim, right? Now that we understand that we were created, when we were made, we were created with a position, an honor that is slightly lower than Elohim. Let me explain to you what Elohim means in the Bible. See, if you read the book of Genesis, you would see the creator God is referred to as Elohim in the Old Testament. This is the God that created the heavens and the earth. This is the God that created a man and woman. This is the God that spoke and things came into existence. 
anywhere where God is creating something, you would see the word Elohim mentioned in Genesis chapter 1. And if you study this word, it is used in different contexts. It can be used as uh, the creator, it can be used as a judge, the supreme judge, the one who is controlling everything, the one who is in charge, the one who is supreme, the one who is sovereign, right? That's the uh, different meanings of the word Elohim. And all throughout Genesis chapter 1, you would see this Elohim God in action. And when we were created, it says we were created slightly lower and lesser than Elohim, right? Now that we understand what Elohim truly is, let's proceed further to Psalms chapter 82 and verse 6. And I'll read it for you. Now this is the psalmist speaking. And he said, I said, you are gods and all of you are children of the Most High. Wow, let's read this with the root meaning of the word God. It would say, I said, you are Elohim and all of you are children of the Most High. All of you are children of Elyon. And now this is very interesting because previously it said, you are created or you're made a little lesser than Elohim. Now the psalmist says, no, let me teach you this. You are Elohim. That is blasphemous. That may sound scandalous. That may sound very outrageous till we fast forward to the teachings of Jesus where Jesus mentioned the same scripture and he referred back to the book of Sam and he said this is the context to why he said you are Elohim. Now you remember what Elohim means. Elohim is this supreme judge, the supreme creator, the supreme person who is in charge, who speaks a word and things come to pass, right? Now, initially the Bible says that we are created a little lower than Elohim, but then it turns around to say, no, you are Elohim. Now, when we study the teachings of Jesus, we will get a little bit more perspective on how we can walk in that authority as the Elohim. Now, you have to understand what I'm trying to say without judging me too quickly. I am not saying that you can ever, ever, ever become God, that you can take God's place. I'm trying to teach you what God has bestowed upon you, what God has given you as your right and as your authority. I'm trying to teach you what you rightfully, naturally have access to. Are you ready for this? The Bible says in the book of John, chapter 10 and verse 34. This is where Jesus referred to the same thing that the psalmist wrote in Psalms 82. And he said, is it not written in your law? I said, you are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, 
Do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world that you are blaspheming? Because I said, I am the Son of God. This is Jesus, in fact, defending himself. Usually, Jesus wouldn't take time to defend himself. When people would question him, he would reply to their question with another question and he would leave them in that place of confusion. He wouldn't go to clarify their doubts and, and challenges. But this one point where they began to wonder, is Jesus making himself equal to God, the Father? Is Jesus saying, me and the Father, we are one? And this is a serious, blasphemous place that Jesus is entering into and then these guys actually take up stones to throw at Jesus and that's the point at which Jesus thought it necessary to justify and explain and defend his position and then Jesus asked him hey isn't your law the scriptures the word of God itself that calls you gods go back to Psalms 82 and verse 6 it says I said, you are Elohim, you are God, not just a little lower than Elohim, but you are Elohim. Now, what is it that makes us, when we were created, we were created a little lower than Elohim, but now something has to happen for us to become like Elohim, to become Elohim, to become, to come to that place where we get to create things, where we get to uh, speak things into existence, where we get to function like God, where we get to have superiority, where we get to speak a word and heaven and earth will shake at that one word. Something has to happen. This is not just natural birth we are talking about. We are talking about an elevation from how you were naturally created to a place where God wants you to reach. And Jesus explained it further and he said, this is how you reach that place. Let's read it. It says in verse 35, it says, if he called them God's, to whom the word of God came. So the first criteria for you and I to experience this place of power, greatness that is hidden in this name Elohim, for you and I to function as Elohim upon this earth is for us to be positioned to receive the word of God. The KJV Bible says, to whom the word of God came. The NLT translation says, who has received the word of God. Now, I'm sure that if you've been tuned in for the last 31 days, you have definitely received the voice of God. You've definitely uh, been a recipient of this tremendous rhema revelations that came from the heart of God to our heart on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. Revelations that would take us for the next entire season, probably years to digest and grow into. And the Bible says to those that have received that word, to those that have received that voice, to those that have celebrated and, and, and have embraced that word that God sent for them, they 
can become Elohim. They are transformed to become Elohim. Now, please try to understand what I'm trying to say. You and I can never take the place of God. You and I can never come to that place where we can stand up and say uh, that you can go to heaven through me. We can never replace Jesus. When it comes to the door to heaven, Jesus is the only door. When it comes to the way to heaven, Jesus is the way. No man comes to the Father except through Jesus. And yet, when it comes to the work of God, when it comes to the heart of God, when it comes to representing God on earth, today, you and I can be the exact same representation of God on earth the same way that Jesus was the exact same representation of the Father on the earth. How is that possible? Jesus said it like this, if you receive the word of God, if the word of God has come to you, then you are God's, then you are Elohim. Do you remember I taught you what the word Elohim means? The word Elohim means to be creator, to be this judge, to be in control, to speak things into existence, to, to have the final say in every area of our life. And sometimes you and I, we have to exercise the authority that God has given us, that God has placed upon us. But that will happen not just because we are created in the image of God. When we are created in the image of God, we were created slightly lower than Elohim. But then when we receive the word of God, when we receive the voice of God, when we say yes to the word of God, when we say yes to the plan of God, when we say yes to uh, the, the voice that c comes from our leaders, from our spiritual parents, when we submit to that voice, that is when we get upgraded from just being created little lower than Elohim to begin to function as Elohim upon this earth. In fact, Apostle Paul would say it like this to the church at Corinth. He says, my spirit has become one with the spirit of God. That's exactly what Jesus was saying that they were saying is blasphemy because Jesus said, I and my father are one. And Apostle Paul said the same thing. He said, I am one. My spirit is one with the spirit of God. And my prayer and my hope is that in this season, we will celebrate the word of God that is coming to us. We will celebrate the voice of God that is released over our lives. We will not take that voice for granted. Now, this is why we are uh, emphasizing that you need to celebrate because when you celebrate, when you go back to it, when you dwell on the word that came to you, you will begin to exercise your authority as Elohim in your house. You will be the Elohim in your uh, city. You will be the Elohim in your nation where things don't exist, where things are you know, lacking when there is a shortage, when there is a problem, you will stand up as Elohim and you will speak things into existence and you will say things and it will come out of nowhere. It will just come into existence. That is the grace that the Lord has blessed us with because we are willing to obey the word of God, because we are willing to receive the word of God.
That's the first criteria. If you would like to grow into your authority as an Elohim, then you need to receive the word of God. Now, how do you receive the word of God? The Lord told this to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. He said, meditate on this word, this word that has been given to you. Meditate on this word day and night. Constantly meditate upon this word. Uh, we don't really go back to the sermons, the teachings that we have received till we need to apply it somewhere. And I pray that that will not be true about you and me. That we will constantly meditate upon the word and the voice of God. You know, I got to take so many notes during this season of uh, fasting and uh, sowing and seeking after God. And one of the things that I do during my personal times of prayer is to go back into those notes and pick up one or two lines and just pray those things into my spirit and and that's how i meditate on the scripture just uh, just read that scripture that that would have mentioned with regards to that revelation and read that revelation and i would just begin to pray and and as i pray and as i meditate on it in day seasons and in night seasons in seasons when things make sense and in seasons when things don't make sense i don't see everything clearly when i continue to do it in both times the bible says success will be mine prosperity will be mine i will have the grace to walk in obedience to that word so it's not enough that we just come and receive the word and go back forgetting it it's necessary that we meditate on the word that has been given to us that is when we will rise up to be people that have authority over our circumstances. We will rise up to be people that are Elohim in our homes and in our families and in our nations. The second thing that is necessary is to check for instructions. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 1, do not just be a hearer of the word, but also be a doer of God's word. So when the word comes to you, you have to intentionally scan through to see what is the one thing that I can do, that I can obey, that I can yield myself to. What is the one thing that I can say yes to? What is the one change I can bring about in my life? I've heard people uh, say, I, I, I memorized the sermon, I memorized all the revelations, but uh, we don't usually seem to see any changes in their life afterwards. That's a problem. Because the Bible is not talking about you memorizing scriptures. The Bible is talking about the scriptures becoming flesh, the word becoming flesh. And that happens when we begin to take the scriptures, take the voice of God and begin to practice it, begin to activate it on a daily basis. Now, you want to walk in authority as an Elohim in your life, in your home, then you need to make sure to practice the word of God, become a doer of the word. Do not just meditate on it, but also begin to 
practice it, begin to exercise it. And when you begin to exercise it, your spiritual faith muscles will begin to grow stronger. Your intellectual muscles will begin to be aligned. Your uh, muscles of emotions, your emotions and your feelings will get aligned to the voice and the word of God. When you begin to exercise the word of God, your health will be aligned to where God is taking you. Everything will fall into place. The problem is that we just get so satisfied by hearing a good sermon. But if we can go a little beyond that, where we will receive the word with thankfulness, meditating on it, becoming a doer of the word, not just a doer of the word, we have to go a step further where the word has now become flesh. Now the word becomes our life. Everything that we speak has to be a reflection of the word that has been planted in our hearts. The Bible talks about this in Revelation chapter 12. It says we will overcome uh, the saints, the children of God. They will overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony by the word of their testimony. Now, see, for it to become a word of your testimony, you should have heard this long enough for it to become your testimony, for it to become your story, for it to become your confession. You cannot say, oh, uh, my, my father said this, my father taught this, so it is uh, probably real. You have to come to a place where you say, wait, now this is my story, this is my confession, this is my reality too. You know, Joshua, he traveled with Moses for 40 long years. And in this journey of traveling with Moses, he caught the heartbeat of Moses. He walked with Moses so much that Moses' dream became Joshua's dream. Moses' desire of Canaan became Joshua's desire. And Moses' faith became Joshua's faith. He was not saying, okay, this is only possible for Moses. No, he was saying this is possible for all of us. You know, when they had just reached the land of Canaan, Moses sent out the spies, you know, 12 spies. He sent them out into the land to spy out, to, to bring out a report about the land. The Bible says 10 of them, they came with a report, with their testimony, with the word of their testimony. And the 10 reported saying, the land is not favorable for its inhabitants. In fact, it says, Numbers 13, it says, they said, the land will devour its inhabitants. Forget about the land. The people of the land, they are like giants. They are uh, huge, humongous, and we are like grasshoppers before them. They are going to kill us. They are going to eat us alive. That was the testimony of the 10 other witnesses. And the good thing about Joshua and Caleb was that they were traveling close with Moses. They had heard the voice of Moses. They had uh, received the word of God. They had meditated on the word of God. And now they were doing the word of God. And that's why when Joshua came and he testified, he said, no, that's not true. He gave a completely different perspective about the land than the other 10 gave. He said, man, I'm telling you, they may be giants, but these giants are going to become our bread. Now, 
I'm like, wait a minute, didn't Joshua see the same problems, the same challenges, the same situations that the rest of the 10 see? How did Joshua have a different testimony than the other 10? The difference was this, Joshua, when he saw his problems, before he saw his problems, he had received the word of God from his Moses. He had been in tune with the word of God. He had meditated on the word of God day and night. So when he saw his problems, he saw it from the lens of the word of God. When the others, they also heard the same Moses, they also received the same blessings, but they did not meditate on the word of God. So they, they couldn't relate the word with the problem. But when Joshua, who had this constant uh, communion with the word of God, in fact, the Bible says, even when Moses went back from the tent, Joshua, he would remain, he would stay back in the tent, in the presence of God. And this Joshua, when he saw his problems, when he saw his giants, he in fact said that they will be my bread. And like my children love to say, my giants will be my sandwich. Now I pray and I hope that some of you will believe that about your problems, that your problems will be your greatest source of income. That if the enemy has thrown depression at you, you are going to turn it around to become your greatest blessing. If the enemy has thrown sickness at you, you're going to turn it around to make it your source of greatest blessing. You know, some of you, you you're going through struggles and problems in relationships or marriages. I'm telling you, if you are going to look at it from the perspective that our father has been teaching us, then you are going to turn around to be a marriage counselor. You're going to write a book on marriage. You are going to make sure that this giants will become your bread and your butter. This giants will become your source of income. That is how Joshua saw his enemies. He said, no, 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 these giants don't get to eat me. I get to eat my giants. They are my bread. Such was the testimony of a man who had received the word of God. And Jesus said, if you do receive the word of God, you are Elohim. If you do meditate on the word of God, you are Elohim. If you are not just meditating, but you're a doer of the word of God, then you are Elohim. If the word of God becomes your testimony, becomes your confession, becomes your declarations, then you are Elohim. Wow, that blows my mind which means I get to control my circumstances. I get to call the shots. I get to have the final say when and who and where and what, how things will move around in my life. I get to have the final say. My prayer and my hope is that none of you will take this aspect of your life for granted, that you will grow in the authority that the Lord has given us. Are you ready for the next point? Jesus said it like this in verse 36. Verse 35, he said, If he called them gods to whom the word of God came. Second, verse 36, he says, Do you say of him whom the Father sanctified? Now, Jesus is speaking about himself. And he says, 
I am somebody who is sanctified by my father. Now, I'm giving you the second qualification for you to function as Elohim. First qualification is that you have received the word of God. The second qualification is that you are somebody who is sanctified by your father, that you are sanctified by God. Now, Jesus says, here, here am I. I am sanctified by my father. Now, sometimes we have a tendency of confusing sanctification with purification. We think sanctification means to cleanse us, to make us holy, to make us pure. In a sense, that may look true, but then if that is true, why would Jesus need to be sanctified? Jesus says, here am I and I am sanctified by my Father. Jesus had no sin in him. Jesus had no problems, no struggles, no addictions. Nothing to be blamed was found in Jesus. Jesus did not need sanctification. The Bible says he is looking at himself and he says, here am I, I'm somebody that the Father has sanctified. And he says, this is the qualification. I am proving to you that I am an Elohim. I'm proving to you that I am a God according to Psalms 82 verse 6. I am somebody who has received the word of God and I am somebody who is sanctified. I'm somebody who is being set apart by my father. Now, sanctification is the next level of purification. Jesus did not need to be purified. You and I, we need to be purified by the blood of Jesus. We need to be washed by the word of God. We need to be washed by the blood of Jesus. We need to be made clean and holy, right? But that's not enough. It's necessary that we walk one step further where we are sanctified. Now, sanctification is a process by which you are preserved from sin. Purification is a process by which you are cleansed off of sin. If there is any sin in your life, you are uh, cleaned off of that sin. But sanctification is a process by which you are kept away from sin, right? Now, although Jesus was pure and he did not need purification, Jesus was as human as you and I are, and he also needed to be sanctified and preserved and kept away from the sins and the temptations that surrounded him. And this is the second most important criteria for you and I to walk as Elohim on planet Earth, that you and I be willing to be sanctified. So often, the prayers that we are praying is prayers of purification. Father, forgive me. Father, just have mercy on me. Father, make sure that all my past sins are wiped away. But if we can pray a different prayer where we can say, God, won't you sanctify me? Set me apart for your purposes. I do not want to commit another mistake again. I do not want this day to be another messed up day. I do not want to repeat the mistakes that I made yesterday. Sanctify me. Keep me apart. Set me apart for your purposes. You know, Paul would teach us to pray this prayer. And this is a scripture that our father has taught us so much in detail. 
from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Paul is praying for the church and he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved. Somebody say it out loud. Preserved 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 if you're if you're watching us in the comments right preserved i am going to be preserved it says may your spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the lord jesus christ you and i we do not just need to be purified we also need to be preserved now the thing is this you and I can be preserved only to the extent that we will allow the Lord to preserve us. We will allow the Lord to set us apart, keep us separate from the things of the world. See, when there is an expensive equipment in your, in your media team or in your house, an expensive jewel or anything that is of high value, you wouldn't just leave it around for anybody to pick it up and throw it around and use it roughly. You would try to preserve it by keeping it in a very special place. And my hope, my prayer is that we would allow the Father to sanctify us completely, body, soul, and spirit. See, our Father has been teaching us uh, on the importance of sanctification of our soul. How we need to keep certain people away. How we need to keep certain thought patterns away. How we need to keep certain Bible teachers away. How we need to keep certain doctrines and practices away so that our soul is remaining sanctified. And, and as we pray these prayers, saying, Father, sanctify my soul, sanctify my emotions, we have to be willing to make those tough choices of disconnecting from things that need to be disconnected. I'm telling you, the blessing is amazing. The blessing that we'll receive when we are living a sanctified life is amazing. You and I can walk as Elohim. You and I can represent Jesus, represent the Father in heaven in his fullest glory and grace on this planet Earth. We can do that in every dimension of our life, but that will come at a cost of sanctification. Don't just pray for purification. Purification is how you get rid of yesterday's problems and struggles and sins. Sanctification. Church, can we pray for sanctification? Can we pray, Lord, sanctify us, set us apart? That's what another translation says for the same scripture. It is that Jesus said, here is somebody that the Father has set him apart. He was not like everybody else. He didn't talk like everybody else. He didn't marry like everybody else. He was not born like everybody else. He was not living a lifestyle like everybody else. He was set apart. He was unique. He was marked by God. There was a certain grace of God upon his life that kept him aloof from everything that surrounded him. He was in the world, but not of the world. And so are you and I called to be in the world, but not of the world, not connected to the world not adulterated by the world. Pray for grace to be sanctified, to be preserved. The Bible says further in Jude chapter 1 and verse 1, Jude, a born servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to those 
who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. What is the qualification of the church that he is writing to? He says, to those that are called, that are sanctified and are preserved. So all these three is necessary and this is what happens to a child of God when we yield to God. Sometimes we are just yielding for forgiveness and purification. But in this season, if you will yield for sanctification, my, 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 I'm telling you, we have dimensions yet uncaptured. We have territories yet to be conquered. We have so many aspects of uh, the, the spirit world that we can experience and walk into. And one of the best examples that we have in this level is to see the example of our father and mother, how they have set themselves apart, how they have allowed the father to sanctify them, how the, they have allowed the Lord to keep them apart from everybody else in this generation. And we have seen the result of that in their lives. And if we can imitate their model, and if we can imitate their example and say, I want to be set apart. I want to be sanctified. I want to be somebody that is preserved in this generation, preserved from sin, preserved from greed, preserved from adulteration, preserved from fear, preserved from lack of love, preserved from worldliness, preserved from pride, preserved from lack of submission, preserved from everything that corrupts my soul. I want to be preserved in this season. I want to be set apart in this season. If we can pray that prayer, I'm telling you, we will experience, man, the authority that we will experience, it is going to be supernatural. The Bible says that you and I will walk as Elohim. You and I will walk as gods upon the earth. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 14, the Bible says, for by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So when Jesus died on the cross, he perfected us. When we believe in Jesus, our spirit is perfect. It's made whole. It's made righteous, 100%. But the process of sanctification, it may take an entire lifetime. The more we yield to God, the more he can sanctify us, the more we surrender, whichever area of our life we are willing to surrender to the Lord, whichever area of our life we are willing to let the Lord mold us, those areas of our life, we will be sanctified and we will be set apart. So what was the first thing that is a qualification for you and I to walk as an Elohim is that we would receive the word of God, that we would uh, take not the word of God for granted, that we will celebrate the word of God, we will meditate on the word of God, that we will be a doer of the word of God, and that we will testify the word of God. It will become our confession and declaration like it was for Joshua. The second is that we would be willing to be sanctified by our Father. Now let's go back to what Jesus taught in uh, John chapter 10 and verse 36. He says, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, 
into the world. Do you say of him whom the Father sent into the world, whom the Father released into the world? Now, now this is the third criteria, and I believe that this is as equally important as the previous two. If you are somebody that has received the word of God and are willing to be sanctified by God, the Father, you're willing to be preserved by the Lord, preserved from sin, preserved from the world, preserved from the corruption of our soul. It is necessary that you also be willing to be let loose, to be sent into the world. Now, Jesus could have never saved us just by receiving the word of the Father, just by um, being sanctified and preserved from the world. He could have never saved us. He had to be sent into the world. It is in the world where he was tested and tried and tempted and, uh, you know, almost persecuted at several times and ultimately killed. It is in that world where the fact that he is Elohim here on earth got revealed. Now, the Lord wants to send some of you out into the world. The world is not a friendly place to be in. Jesus said, I'm sending you as sheep among wolves. But even in the world, when you're willing to let God send you out into the world, wow, that is where your authority will begin to manifest. We are very comfortable usually in a Christian setup among people that understand us and understand our language. But as a church in this season, the Lord is equipping us to go into the world and go into territories that are not very familiar or friendly with us and go and become representations of the Elohim in heaven. And as we walk into those places, there will be unusual authority that will be released upon your words. There will be unusual authority that will be released upon your actions. There will be unusual authority in your career. There will be unusual favor in every aspect of your life. Some of us, we want to just stay on the mountaintop, but it is necessary that we get off the mountaintop and come down into the valleys and meet the people that are hurting, that are broken, that are sick, that are struggling in life. We need to be in touch with the real world. You know, this is the week when we uh, had these elections in the US and everybody is talking about their own opinions and expectations. And it's necessary that as a church, we become the light of God in the world out there. And I love our father for that fact that he is a voice, he's a prophet, not just to the church, but even to the world outside. And I hope that you have uh, watched that prophecy to pray for the nation of America. If you have not, you need to do that right after the service and go and receive and pray. And it's necessary that you would do the same thing for your community, that you would do the same thing for your church and for your city, that you would receive the word of God, you would be sanctified in the presence of God, and you would be sent into the world. And for some of you, your world may finish with your family of four people. That's perfectly fine. For some of you, it may finish just with a few neighbors or your church members. That's all right. Uh, for some of you, it may extend to an entire floor of employees that work with you. Uh, 
probably in the office or virtually from your home, whoever you work with. For some of you, it may extend to a church that you pastor, a nation or a city that you're representing and praying over. Can you pray and can you ask the Lord to send you into the world? In fact, Jesus said this to the disciples right after the resurrection in John chapter 20 and verse 21. He said, peace to you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. The same way, the same grace, the same power, the same anointing, the same assignments with which the Father sent me, I am sending you out. In fact, John, the apostle, he echoed this in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. We all remember John 3, 16, which says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that those who believe in him will have everlasting life. Let me read 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave his life up for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Now we are commanded and assigned to do the same thing that Jesus did for humanity. We are asked to do that for our brothers and sisters. We are asked to go into the world and lay down our lives to whatever extent. And when we do that, sometimes we misinterpret what God's word says. We think that laying down our lives would mean that we should go to some nation where Christianity is illegal and become a missionary. Now, if the Lord is leading you to do that, by all means, please do that. But it's harder to be a missionary even in our own homes than it would be in some nation out there in the world where nobody knows us. It's harder to be a missionary in our workplace where people uh, don't really acknowledge us and celebrate us than it would be to be a missionary in Africa. So may the Lord send you into your worlds this week with the authority, with the grace of Elohim. You know, you have, you have all the teachings, you have all the blessings. What we have received in the last 30 days are things that, man, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has known. Such is what has been revealed to us in this last 30 days. My prayer and my hope is that we will not waste that but that we will take what we have received and we will go into the world and we will be sent by Jesus. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. So we would receive that commission and we would go into the world and we would be in the world as Jesus is. John said it further in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. He said, we are in this world just like Jesus was just like Jesus was an Elohim when he walked upon the earth. Now, let me re-emphasize this. We can never be the way, the truth, and the life. We can never be the door or the chief shepherd or the one that would lay down his life for uh, the salvation of humanity. We cannot be that, but we can be Elohim. We can be God's in its sense and we can exercise divine authority in our circumstances. We can walk on water, we can heal the sick, we can raise the dead and we can represent the kingdom of God upon the earth like never before. And that was the whole purpose of us 
seeking and sowing and spending time in the presence of God so that we can receive a word from God and we can be sanctified by that word and we can be sent out by that word to become his representatives, to become his Elohims wherever we go. So wherever you are watching us, would you please take a minute to pray with us? And as you pray, may there be divine revelations that will come into your spirit and may you have the grace to exercise divine authority over your circumstances. God told Moses, I'm going to make you a God to Pharaoh and I'm going to make Aaron your prophet. And the Lord is speaking to some of you and he's saying, I'm going to make you an Elohim to your enemy. Every enemy that is trying to keep you enslaved, every enemy that is trying to continue to have its dominion over you. The Lord is saying, no, your seasons have changed. You've done something phenomenal in this last 31 days. Now you're on a different season. Now the enemy does not get to have dominion over you. You will be a Elohim. When he sees you this time, when he meets you on Monday morning, when he calls you up tonight, there is going to be a different reaction to your voice because he's not speaking to somebody who is created lower than Elohim. Now he's speaking to Elohim himself. Now he's having a revelation that is going to blow his mind away. And he, he is left with no other options but to let God's people go into their promised land. Come on, pray with us. Father, we pray for your children, wherever they are tuning in from, wherever they are watching. We speak freedom into their hearts and their minds. And we believe, Lord, that in this season you have empowered us to believe who we truly are. We are not just sons of God or children of God, but we have been given authority and dominion to function as God, as Jesus, that we are called to be in this world representing Jesus in his fullest glory and power. And I pray this blessing upon your people. Thank you, Lord, for the uh, teachings and the revelations and the uh, blessings that we have received from our father and mother over this last 30 days, especially in this last 30 days. And we stand on those revelations. We stand on those prophecies. We stand on these blessings. And we believe that in the season ahead of us, we will be Elohim. We have received the word. We have been sanctified by the word. Word, and now we are being sent to be carriers of this word and so we will be Elohim and we thank you Lord for generations worth uh, slavery is destroyed already and, and, and we will have a supernatural response yes we will have a supernatural response we will have a supernatural response and, and God's people will be preserved in the midst of every temptation, every challenge. God's people will be sanctified and that God's people will be sent out as missionaries, not just inside the church, but even into the world, wherever their world is, wherever my world is, send us out 
as your light. Send us out to represent our Elohim. We receive this grace. We receive this blessing. And in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. I hope that you are not taking the voice of God for granted. Go back and meditate on everything that God has been speaking to us in this season. And the more that you meditate, the more it will manifest in your life. God bless you. We'll see you again next time.